Hello and welcome to this edition of Middle East Matters on France 24. Coming up on the program, Iraq moves towards a new government after a year of political deadlock, but as Prime Minister-designate Mohammed Shia el-Sudani assembles his cabinet, many Iraqis remain pessimistic for the future of their country. Israeli raids in the West Bank kill several Palestinians, with more than a dozen others wounded as violence continues to rise in the occupied territory. And Lebanon's ongoing economic crisis is touching every aspect of life there, including medical care, as a shortage of cancer drugs pushes patients to seek their treatment through unorthodox channels. After a year of political gridlock and instability, Iraq is finally on the verge of forming a government as Prime Minister-designate Mohammed Shia el-Sudani assembles his cabinet. But three years after a mass protest movement over corruption, unemployment and a lack of basic services upended the country's political system, many Iraqis remain skeptical that change is on the way. Marie-Charlotte Rupi and Yasmin Moziman report. These sleek finishes are part of interior designer Naufal Abu Haider's latest project. But a year without a government or federal budget has made projects like these a rare occurrence. Now with a new government possibly in sight, the business owner hopes work will pick up. If a government is formed, a budget will be approved. Its passing will support the economy. If the budget is approved, the market will get a boost. The new government will have to tackle many of the problems Iraqis face on a daily basis, from inadequate public services like water and electricity to an unemployment rate of 14%. But most Iraqis, a quarter of whom live under the poverty line, have little hope that a new government will drastically improve their lives. Citizens do not believe that the government will bring about real change in access to services such as energy, health or education. And other investments are subject to bribery and extortion. In Tahrir Square, Iraqi staged mass protests three years ago, calling for an overthrow of the political class. But this hasn't led to the fresh faces in government that activists like Ali Dahamat called for. We can't associate with parties that have armed factions, so we have several options. Organize demonstrations or resort to civil disobedience. All eyes are on Shiite cleric Muqtad al-Sadr. He's kept largely quiet since protests by his supporters this summer led to deadly clashes. Today, Sadr is waiting to see the public's reactions to the actions of the government. I think he will support all protest movements that seek to reform the system. Negotiations are ongoing as Sudani attempts to form a cabinet of ministers. With his deadline rapidly approaching, many wonder if Iraq will have a new government after all. To the West Bank next, where tensions have been rising for months. More than 120 Palestinians have been killed there this year amid raids by Israeli armed forces, the highest death toll in seven years. The violence is making it difficult for the Palestinian Authority, led by President Mahmoud Abbas, to maintain its legitimacy among the local population. Young Palestinians disillusioned with the Authority's security cooperation with Israel are increasingly supportive of armed groups as confrontations continue with Israeli settlers in the occupied territory. Karis Garland reports. 
A sea of mourners gather in the streets of the occupied West Bank, paying tribute to several Palestinians killed early Tuesday. The Israeli army says it raided a hideout for the emerging Lion's Den armed group in the city of Nablus, killing the group's leader and detonating what it said was an explosives manufacturing site. The operation led to one of the deadliest firefights in the West Bank in recent weeks. During the activity, multiple armed suspects were hit and Palestinian reports indicate there were multiple injuries. Dozens of Palestinians also burned tires and hurled rocks at the troops. The troops responded with live fire toward the armed suspects shooting at them. The Lion's Den, which formed about a year ago, aims to stop Israeli raids in Nablus and vows to respond to them with shootings. Israel says the group was responsible for the recent fatal shooting of one of its soldiers, plus several attempted attacks. On Sunday, another of the group's militants was killed. Violence in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict has surged in recent months, especially since a series of Palestinian attacks inside Israel in the spring, which killed 19 people. Israel has been carrying out near-daily raids in the West Bank, and according to the United Nations, more than 100 Palestinians have been killed there so far in 2022, making it the deadliest in seven years. Lebanon's ongoing economic and financial crisis has not spared the country's pharmaceutical sector. Now, cancer patients, including those with breast cancer, are facing a critical shortage of necessary medications. Beyond their physical suffering, the situation is taking a toll on patients' mental health. France 24's correspondent in Lebanon, Joël Maroun, sent us this report. 29-year-old Fadia has had stage 3 breast cancer for 18 months. Her battle against the illness is being impacted by the wider health crisis facing Lebanon, with pharmacies and hospitals running short of medicines. I can no longer find my medication. I'm worried that I'm going to regress. It's awful that I have to worry about such horrendous things. There are 455 different drugs used by cancer patients within Lebanon, according to the Berber and Nassar Association. But the financial crisis gripping the country means that 80% of these drugs are not available in pharmacies. Just to give you an example, the drug used to fight breast cancer is out of stock. It costs $10,000 and it's now too expensive for the government and for the average person. According to the Pharmacists' Union, 2,500 new cases of breast cancer are recorded each year in Lebanon. 2,500 cases that could continue to get worse if access to medication remains restricted. We have developed a tracking system which monitors drugs against cancer. This will help, in the short term, to ensure that the drug is available to everyone. The advantage of this system is that it puts an end to black market sales and also blocks defective drugs. 30,000 cases of breast cancer have been reported in recent years. 10% of those patients are under the age of 30. According to the Pharmacists' Union, many patients turn to the black market to obtain their medications, or they go to foreign countries, which many see as the easiest way to cope with their situation.
In less than two weeks, the next UN climate summit, COP27, is set to kick off in the Egyptian resort of Sharm el-Sheikh. Authorities there are now racing to clean up the town, collecting plastic trash from the ocean and the streets. Laura Campbell and Jenny Shin have the story. These divers scan the seabed, collecting plastic waste. There's plenty to be found at the bottom of this bay in the Red Sea, the location of the famous Egyptian seaside resort, Sharm el-Sheikh. We picked up a lot of things, like plastics, metals, tires and cables thrown from the boats. It's very important to clean up the pollution on the surface, because most of this waste flies up into the air and falls back into the water. Dozens of volunteers are also mobilized in the desert, a part of a cleanup campaign led by the government ahead of COP27, which will take place here at the resort. We want to tell the world that the purpose of this conference is for us to act. Egypt is starting to transform this city, not with slogans, but through active participation of the people. Within the framework of the Paris Agreement, the countries attending the COP27 are required to intensify their climate efforts. But the host country, Egypt, is far from being a model. Cairo is one of the most polluted cities in the world, alongside Beijing and New Delhi. The average concentrations of fine particles reveal a worrying phenomenon, eight times higher than the maximum number set by the World Health Organization. And finally from us, since the death of Masa Amini at the hands of Iran's morality police in September, Iranians have been taking to the streets for mass protests. As the authorities have cracked down, protesters have been forced to get increasingly creative, gathering in flash mobs, dyeing fountains red, and now giving out hugs to strangers in rejection of the country's strict religious code of conduct. Gender mixing among strangers and public displays of affection are severely restricted under the country's Islamic laws. Dozens of demonstrators have been killed in larger protests, the movement now branching out into subversion of morality and laws as it continues to present the greatest challenge in years to the country's ruling theocracy. Well, that's it from us. Thanks for watching Middle East Matters. Stay tuned right here to France 24.